everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I'm here today with Danielle Goss, and she is the founder of Cool Mock Craft Cocktails. And excuse me, I should say craft mocktails. Cool Mocks Craft Mocktails. Say that all at once. How you doing, Danielle? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. It's so good to talk to you because this category is just exploding. And I can't wait to hear kind of how long you've been in it and what made you get started with Cool Mox Craft Mocktails. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, thinking of us to be on the podcast and, you know, share a little bit more about us and, and the brand and, and what's going on. So um, I guess uh, to really just rewind, um, you know, back in 2019, my husband and I found out we we're expecting our first child and very special time in our lives, right? Um, we'd always been a social couple who enjoys a, a beverage or two with family mm -hmm. and friends. And of course, I didn't want alcohol, but I wanted something that was fun and social where, you know, he could head to the store and grab his six pack of IPAs and something that was ready to drink and great tasting for me. Um, in that journey, you know, we just really struck out, right? Like, um, you know, the minimal options on the shelves at that time were NA beers primarily, or some wines that still contain trace amounts of alcohol. Being a registered dietitian by trade, I just, you know, I didn't feel comfortable consuming those beverages. So I spent the, the following summer months crafting my own mocktails from scratch um, and all, along the way, we did, you know, more market research and just talked to a ton of people, consulted in industry experts and learned that, you know, from what was happening with the NA movement over in the UK. Um, and then just looking at the data here in the US that so many more individuals than just pregnant and expecting mothers were looking for great tasting adult NA drinks. So at seven months pregnant, we jumped in and started building the Cool Mox brand, um, which would have been the fall of 2019. We had our first baby girl in December of that year. And, you know, fast forward, we had our first production run and just about three years ago, I guess, and launched the brand into market in July of 2020. And had you, what had you done before this? Had you been in packaged goods or had your husband? Great question. Uh, previous to this business, I was running a corporate health and wellness consulting business, working with employer groups, primarily in the Twin Cities to help them build and develop um, employee wellness programs. Um, so I did that for six or seven years. Um, and then I'm also a registered dietitian by trade. So from like the nutrition better for you perspective, I mean, the majority of our consumers are choosing to drink less due to health and wellness reasons. So this is very connected to like, um, the decision for people to pick up our drinks and like the focus behind the brand and how the drinks are created. My husband, um, you know, he still 
has a full-time job in packaging. Um, so not directly for like another CPG brand or anything, but um, I'd be remiss to say that his expertise is like the from a packaging engineering side of things and sourcing, especially when the pandemic hit and going through all of that um, for production and, and whatnot has been very, very helpful. But in general, CPG was... Very fresh to us. We had, you know, we didn't know anything about the beverage industry. So we, we've we been figuring it out along the way over the last few years. It is funny that you mentioned that because from a packaging standpoint, I thought the package packaging was very well done. The logo's done. It's really um, clear to see what kind of beverage it is when you look at it. The colors are bright. When you look at the mocktail space, I, I kind of wonder if it's because you're um, evangelist in this category, as it were, it's a growing category, mm -hmm. but is it like hard to figure out, like, do you sell in grocery? Do you sell in liquor stores? What is the exact target market for these types of products? Well, it's been a journey of learning, right? As one of the first to market brands in this space, we've, uh, you know, change things. We've learned with our um, with our distributor partners. We've learned with our uh, retail partners, and that you know continues to evolve based off of their their you know core shopping audience, right? Um, for us as a brand, you know, we're growing into more of a national presence, but we have our um, Midwest presence like the heaviest, right? Because we have. Uh, our product in liquor stores, grocery stores, I mean, on-premise, you name it, we've gotten into all of it and have tried a lot of things. What I will say is that, um, you know, grocery and grocery that also has liquor connected to it has been, you know, a really sweet spot for us because, as you can imagine, there are different types of consumers who pick up adult non-alcoholic drinks, right? So, um we're on the border, right? Minnesota and Wisconsin have different regulations as far as what's carried in grocery stores versus not. Um, so that always uh, plays a role. But in some grocery stores, I mean, they've got like a full NA section within like the soda area, right? Yep. So there are NA beers, Cool Mocs, um, you know, NA wines, you name it. While others, you know, were more restricted to the liquor stores, and then best case scenario is where we can have a have a play or a chance to play in all of those spaces, right? Because you have different shoppers, um, different people coming to the table there. But in general, um, grocery stores, kind of those larger format stores have become a really great um, place for not only Cool Mox, but just uh, brands like ours in general. Um, liquor stores of guests, of course, are where we tend to play next to um, our brothers or sisters, however you want to put it, and a beers in the coolers and such. You guys are fashioning these literally after cocktail flavors that we're familiar with. So can you go through your brand line? And was that intentional versus like, you know, a berry lemonade or some other type of different profile? 
It was very intentional. We wanted to create a line of mocktails that gave you all the experience just without the alcohol. So flavors you are familiar with, um, but of course, without any of the effects of alcohol. So um, our full lineup, we, we started off with three craft mocktails, which has now grown into six. Um, we have a couple margaritas, which are our margaritas, uh, our classic Macarita and strawberry macarita both have agave tequila flavor infusions to give you that experience um, of what you would expect from a margarita. But then we use, you know, like fresh lime juice and fresh berry, uh, strawberry flavorings to really round out that flavor profile. Um, with the classic macarita, um, really just focusing on flavors like your freshly expressed lime. We also do add a touch of lemon juice to that uh, beverage as well, which just gives it that refreshing flavor. Um, so we have two margaritas. Um, we have a Moscow mule flavor, which is our mock mule. Um, it has a vodka type infusion um, with fresh lime and ginger. Um, which, you know, all of our drinks in general, we, we say uh, just ice cold out of the can. It's meant for enjoyment, but you can fancy them up in your favorite cocktail glass. Um, so, of course, a mule is perfect to pair with a copper mug. Um, and then um, getting on to the other three beverages, we have a peach hibiscus cider. Um, this is one of our most unique and like artisanal drinks that we've come out with yet, but it's quickly become very popular. It has peach, honey crisp apple, and a touch of floral hibiscus with a vodka type infusion. Um, very fun. The last two that I'll share um, are mock GT or gin and tonic. It's our lowest calorie beverage yet. Um, it has, you know, the juniper flavor uh, notes. Um, just really bright, crisp, refreshing, only 35 calories. And then lastly, um, as you can see, most of them are, are hanging out in the back here. Um, but we have, um, you know, all the single, single flavors and then a couple of variety packs. So our party box is one variety pack. And then the adventure collection is the other pack. Um, <clears throat> the last drink I'll talk about is our blackberry mojito. So a mojito you envision like garden fresh mint. Um, it's very much um, flavored and, and, and was put together with that in mind. So we use garden fresh mint, blackberry and a rum flavor infusion, which again, straight out of the can, or you can fancy it up in, you know, a highball glass and pop in some, um, some mint leaves and lime and, and have fun with it that way. And, you know, so that pretty much rounds up the, the flavor profile. With that said, uh, most of the people who do choose to have our beverages are trying to stay, you know, somewhat health conscious. So our drinks aren't health and wellness beverages. Let's be clear, they're, they're uh, non-alcoholic cocktails or mocktails, um, but they're all formulated to be 35 to 50 calories per can. We don't use anything artificial and just, you know, everything from the liquid in the can to the packaging and design is meant to give you that experience um, of having just a great tasting adult beverage, but doing it on your terms. What is interesting when you talk about your flavor profiles is you mention a vodka, a gin, a tequila, and a rum infusion um, flavoring. 
Mm-hmm. So when you drink them, you really can taste that. So it makes them unique to me because it isn't like a blended juice drink that is imitating a mocktail. It literally does have some of those notes of the alcohol that's not in there. So that really feels different. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you notice it um, because it, it it you know is a very important part in the formulations uh, and development of these beverages, right? Um, and of course, uh, back in 2019 when we started formulations of you know our first three at the time, um, it's nav it was navigating whole new waters for us, right? I mean, it started with crafting uh, mocktails in my kitchen to then you know working with flavorists and food scientists to try to identify well how do we get those alcohol uh, related flavors to come through, but in a smooth way that felt refreshing and and that you could grab like one or two in in an occasion and not have it be like too overpowering or have off notes come out that, you know, when you're trying to emulate a certain kind of experience flavor profile, um, there's been a lot of that. I think that initially when this category started way back when with the NA beers, people were like, oh, that tastes terrible. Well, yeah. you know, we've, we've tried really hard to, um, you know, make sure they taste really good, um, but not uh, be like the traditional mocktail, which is loaded with sugar. I mean, the traditional mocktail um, and even cocktail counterparts are 50 to 60 grams of sugar. And we just know that our, our sweet spot, our core customer isn't looking for that. When you mentioned that your husband still works full-time, you obviously have a small child at this point. Is it hard to get enough time to focus on the business? And do you and your husband have clear roles or how does that work with a couple? Yeah. Um, so we had our first daughter, Macy, in December of 2019. Um, since then, we have had another daughter in July of 2021. So now we have two little girls. Um, and yes, he still has his full-time job. Um, he helps as he's able to. Um, I am very thankful for the childcare that we have because there, I will be honest, there is no way in, in the world I would be able to do it without the girls, you know, yeah, their friends and learning and being at daycare during the day. Um, of course there are, there are challenges, right. If I have to travel for work or, you know, just like balancing motherhood and building a business is presents its challenges. I mean, when I was postpartum with both of the girls, I had to make sacrifices that, you know, um, I understood when we made that decision at seven months pregnant. Um, it was, it wasn't a decision we made lightly. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that I, I chose the path less chat traveled. And I mean, we did in general, but as, uh, you know, young family, there are sacrifices you have to make. I mean, I, when we first launched the business, I would be up at like 2am nursing and like building my social media strategy, right? Like, yeah, it's just, it's just different. Um, but that's our story. And, um, you know, I think, um, with the pandemic mixed in, there's been, you know, a lot of fun and wild moments, but we just choose to embrace the chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just keep going. So you mentioned embracing your social media strategy. Is that primarily the way that you have gotten the word out? Have you used influencers at all? 
Well, when we launched the brand in July of 2020, um, you know, we didn't have experience in beverage prior to doing this, but everything we had learned up to that point was like, here's how distribution works. This is how beverage works. And then everything shut down, right? And even when things weren't shut down anymore, um, you know, retailers and distributors weren't taking meetings like they historically had, right? Like some of them were just in nope, not not happening yep. mode, while others were open to meeting virtually. So, you know, we found ourselves in, I guess what we what you would say is some people would say, oh, well, that that sucks. But for us, we didn't know anything differently, right? So we tried to stay fluid, um, being unique to the beverage space from like a product perspective. We were able to get the meetings we wanted to get. They were just different, right? Most of them were virtual. Um and then, you know, from the from the direct consumer side of it, we really had to lean into social media because that we weren't able to go into grocery and do samplings and, and spread the word that way. So we really leaned in on word of mouth using social media channel um channels. And at the time I would I would say we we used micro influencers. Um, so people that were really into posting during the pandemic. You know, I am kind of a pick up the phone kind of gal. So I would, you know, reach out to people on social media, um, set up a phone call, ended up hooking them up with product. And then like we had a couple key rules if we were going to collaborate, if you will. And one is that you just genuinely had to love what we were doing as a brand and our products because we don't want anyone representing our, our brand if they don't truly, you know, love what it's all about. Um, and then two is just that they were authentic in their content because people can tell if you're not being true to yourself pretty quickly on online. So yes, we definitely leaned into those channels. I mean, uh, right now we are kind of in a different space three years later, evaluating, you know, as things change over time, you have to think about your retail partnerships and, and where your beverages are sold and be more strategic with who you work with. Um, but I would say for helping us get launched and get the word out, um, it was incredibly helpful. And, you know, from those efforts and launching in unique or not unique, but different markets, you know, we were able to get coverage from you know, local news channels to national coverage and getting into Forbes and some great other um, media outlets, which, you know, anything you could do as a small and emerging brand to get your story out there. And, and not to mention um, the fact that our story isn't unique. It's very relatable, right? Yeah. So many people can relate. And um, I think that's why we were able to, you know, drum up that buzz um, and continue to work on that today as we grow the brand. So can you elaborate on, from a social standpoint, the influencer market, you're not working that as much. Now you're working retail location and distribution, I'm assuming. So here's where you can find us and working with the retail partners and maybe, I don't know, I guess do you buy like the opportunity to have cross promotional posts with them? How does that work in retail? Cause I know like, obviously you're in a certain channel and you can buy end caps and there's all different things you can buy from retail, but I would imagine social is part of that too. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it really is variable based off of who you're working with, right? Um, with your distributors, for example, some of them, they'll just, you know, they have social media managers and you just work with them directly to like make sure they have your content, make sure they understand your brand guidelines, things like that. Um, but from a retailer perspective, um, Yes, it's very much baked into whatever strategy you're working with them on. So, yep. for example, if you have like displays going into a certain chain for August, as an example, that, you know, likely is a part of your strategy, whether it's something that's collaborative with them directly or indirectly, whereas a brand, you know, you're going in and geo-targeting certain locations to make sure the shoppers are aware of, um, you know, that being available or whatever special is happening. Do you have marketing help at this point or PR help, or do you do it all yourself just by picking up the phone? Um, we're, we're still at a phase where I am doing all the things. So yes, we, um, I'm very thankful for the amazing, you know, partners we've worked with over time. I, I, it's definitely not all just me, right? I worked with so many great resources and continue to today to get the brand to where it is. Um, but you know, we are actively working on growing the team, um, within the next, you know, six to 12 months. So, you know, with each new growth period in the business comes new opportunities and growing, uh, Growing excitement, opportunity moments, but also growing pains, if you will. Yeah. What has been a pain? <laughs> oh, I mean, navigating the business um, in general during the pandemic would be the first yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Um, I think that as one of the first brands in this space, you're having to do more education, which luckily the category kind of speaks for itself. But at the very beginning, you know, there was more education, depending on the markets you're trying to get into, right? More innovative markets, they they probably already understand it. But like at the retail side of things, they maybe know about the category, but they don't know where to place it, right? Or maybe they're trying to get guidance on, well, where should we put it and what should we all have a part of this set and how much space is there, right? Because there's there's limited space. So um, yeah, I mean that, and then just the production side of things, the supply chain with inflation. And um, I think, you know, we've, we've gone through challenges that most CPG brands have, um, but I would like to say that our business is very solutions focused and oriented. So um, it's kind of just a part of the business is now yeah. navigating all these challenges. So, and now we're seeing retail only uh, NA stores. So that's probably a unique opportunity too. It is, you know, I, I think they're amazing. I, I actually think they all, um, for the most part, the ones that I've been in or seen online, they are so curated and fun and just well put together. Um, But I will say that our brand, we really have focused to try and spend time in the places where people are already shopping. Yep. Um, And that's where we found our sweet spot. That makes sense because you don't have to evangelize not only for the concept of what you're selling, but the store as a whole of being a full non-alcoholic store. 
because it is a new concept. So, mm-hmm. well, I am really excited for you. It's been fun talking to you. I love trying the products. It's Cool Mocks Craft Mocktails. And are there any retailers that you want to promote right now that people can find it at? Yeah, I mean, at the top of the list in the, you know, Midwest Twin Cities area, um, you know, everything from Total Wine, um, Walmart is our newest spot, um, MGM uh, Liquors, Haskell's. All right. Um, Oh my goodness. So many great spots to go. You, um, all you have to do is make sure to find the NA section. If you're not sure, ask someone and, um, you know, try it out, see what you think and have an open mind. I love it. Thank you, Danielle, for joining us today. I appreciated hearing more. Thank you. Appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.